Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm talking about a few ways to socialize a little bit better to make you better at relationships, as well as having your relationships in the bedroom. As always, topics include how do you become the most likable person in the room and still be true to who you are? So, you're dating a married couple. How do you manage that situation? What can you do to start getting past your trauma and into your pleasure? and ways to talk to your partner about your desire for more sexual exploration. All this and more. Thanks for listening. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com. You can check out our podcasts, our blog posts. You can answer our contest, you guys. We've got a lot of Valentine's Days coming up. You can find it on the website, our social media, at Sex with Emily. You guys are going to want these goodies. You can also check out the podcast now wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. And check me out on SiriusXM Radio Stars, channel 109, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 Pacific, 8 to 10 East. God, I love doing the show, you guys. If you want a free 30-day trial, go to sexwithelmi.com slash SXM, or you can still call in at those times, 888-947-8277, because I'm answering your calls. Like I said, follow us on social media, at Sex with Emily everywhere. Enjoy the show. We wanted to talk to you about a few things that I thought would um, cheer you up and help you in literally any life situation you find yourself in if you're trying to make friends date when you go in for the holidays you're meeting someone's parents for the first time relatives this is how you do it how do you become a more likable person yeah. hmm. we often like god you know going into a new crowd where i meet new people but a lot of us have social anxiety i mm-hmm. think social anxiety i don't know if people are talking about it more or if it's just more common now because we're all on our goddamn phones all the time that we actually have so many reasons not to socialize because we're ordering everything comes to us. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's everything. But there are some things that I thought would just be great to remind you if you don't know this other already and how to become more like, how to be just a more likable person in life. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you are likable. Your friends love you. Your family loves you. But do you ever meet people you're like, why didn't I hit it off? Number one thing I want to tell you about is complimenting. Compliment others genuinely and often. I think whenever you meet someone, there's always something positive that you can find out about. There's always something that you're seeing like about them that you could say, you know, like I like your the way you gave that speech. Let's say you're at a meeting. Like, I love the way you gave that speech. Or you're at a party. I heard you were in charge of the casserole dip. It's really great. Or <laughs> flattery. Like, you know, be specific in your comments rather than, God, you're so pretty. Like, your eyes are such a cool color. Are those blue or green? I mean, when you're specific and you pay attention, when you sincerely appreciate something about them and you tell them, I mean, how good does that feel? That makes you super likable when it's genuine. And I think I automatically like someone who likes me, mm-hmm. who found something charming in me, something. It just feels good. And compliments are like my favorite thing, even in relationships. Oh, yeah. Compliment me often. Compliments. Like 10 times a day. Compliments will get you far. And one, it's a great conversation starter. 
because you notice you make an observation you notice it you make a comment on it and then it can kind of spur you into that conversation and two it's going to make that person who was also probably feeling a little anxious feel better because they already are like oh they really liked my shirt i yeah. like them for liking something about exactly. me exactly like god they have good taste they liked my shirt because they Right? Yeah, I like my shirt. Right, exactly. So. I like my shirt. And they like my shirt. <laughs> so just remember that compliments go a long way. And then Jamie and I were talking about this before, and it's like I often just do it. Like I, I if I like, I'll stop someone. I'll be walking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, a great outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love that. And I just, why not, you guys? Be more genuine and be more abundant in, in what you're giving to people, and it comes back to you. Yeah. That is the truth. The other thing is, ask more questions about others than you make statements about yourself. Mm-hmm. This is so key. We all like talking about ourselves right like I know that we we all do like talking about ourselves and that's I think why we often do talk about ourselves but when you're meeting someone you want to approach a conversation like it's not all about you like unleashing or revealing something all these things about yourself but know that like think about like it's a way to get to know people better so asking questions about them and it's easy like if you meet someone you're like so tell me about tell me about yourself you know after you meet someone like remember what you learned about them like if I meet someone, I'm like, well, how did, what do you love about your job? I'll often say to them. Well, I think it's all about the follow-up questions too. Like follow-up questions so that you're like genuinely interested in what the person has to say. And it kind of shows that you're actively listening. You're not just like waiting for that person to shut up so that you can talk. Exactly. It shows like this genuine interest. And I've had to actually do, for me, and I didn't know that this was, I wasn't trying to bring the conversation back to myself, but a lot of times, like, someone would say something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, some, well, this one time this happened to me because I was trying to make whatever they said feel more relatable, but, like, I've realized that I don't necessarily always have to do that. Yeah. It's a fine line. Mm -hmm. It is a fine line between, and I I know exactly what you're saying, in conversation, it's a fine line between saying, like... Like if someone's saying, well, I went on this trip and our flight was delayed and they're telling you a story. And you're like, oh my God, the same thing happened to me. And you take it back to yourself because you're like, I want them to know that we are the same mm-hmm. and we're relatable. Sometimes you just got to let the person talk. Like they, they're they telling you a story. They don't need to know that you also, it also happened to you. That's a fine. But then there's that. And then there's also, you really want to be relatable to someone because if they're having a problem or challenging mm-hmm. it, you know, you could say this might be useful to you. This happened to me as well, and here's how I dealt with it. So that's the distinction rather than just brave. You're that person who brings it back to yourself all the time just because that can be really annoying and make you less, definitely less likable. Mm-hmm. I think it just feels like someone's not listening. Assume that people have something to teach you. Now, I've been like at situations where I'm like on a bad first date. I'm not at a fun party. I don't like like where I'm at. I could be at the goddamn airport or something with a delayed flight, but... The thing is, assume in life that everyone has something to teach you. Even if it's like reinforcing something that you already know, like, I don't want to talk to this person. Let me try it. Yep, I have good instincts not to talk to people who are rude to the flight attendant or whatever it is. They do have to teach you and everything, you know, like like I said, if you're on a bad date, no connection, you can learn. If they work in a field that you've never heard of, you don't know how they got there, you're interested, just ask them. Ask questions. And, you know, I've learned a lot of my greatest lessons from the people I've met in my life. Mm-hmm. asking for advice so if you're with someone and you're like it could be a date it could be at a party it could be just being likable we all want to feel like we can we're, we're helpful so if you ask someone for like wisdom or guidance you're potentially going to receive, receive some great advice for yourself but you're also making someone else feel good because i think when we all feel like we can be of service like i love what i do here because i know like it feels it's my life like i love helping all of you like it's what gives me purpose and i think that we all have a part of ourselves that want to 
you know, be of service. We all crave to be useful and helpful and make a difference in the world in ways big and small. Mm-hmm. I feel like people constantly are probably though when you're out and they find out what you do, they're yeah. asking you for advice. I'm like, I'm not working right now. No, and I actually can't help. It's funny though. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's a bit much, but mostly I, I, I still enjoy it out in the world. But there are nights where I'm like, you know what? Right now I'm not working and I'm exhausted. Do but. you have like an alt? Like, have you ever thought about just being like, kind of coming up with a different occupation for yourself when oh, you yeah. don't want to I do. I say like, I'm a producer. Or I just, I've said that for a long time. Like a lot of times I'm in Uber, like what do you do? And I know because I've had, the majority of my Uber experiences, I end up giving them sex or relationship (laughs) advice because I'm like, well, they're driving. Maybe they'd want to listen to a podcast or a radio show or they just, I just like helping. But when I'm tired or whatever, I just, I don't tell them. But I've helped many an Uber driver. That could be a show all of them in itself. It could be. Literally, if you tell anyone, you are like, oh, whoa, I've had a question. (laughs) What do you think I should do about this? Should I break up with my girlfriend or not? Like, they full on have pulled over and showed me texts. Like, should I do this or that? Um, You know, the other thing is that uh, trying to, um, stop trying to impress. This is a tough one because I think a lot of us are defined by what we own, what we have, you know, what we've earned. And we feel like that defines us. And so we think we've got to tell everyone else like we got to make them envious of us because that's how we define ourselves or what we have. But that does not help facilitate really healthy connections. So I think think about it this way. Instead of telling people like what you have or what you do, you can share with them like what you care about. What gets you excited? Like what you think is interesting rather than like things that you've accomplished and things that you own. But just think about, we all, it's kind of like sex in a way. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to like perform during sex, I was trying to think like, are you guys like, why are you telling me this? Like, but think about all these things. If you're trying to perform during sex and you're just doing what you've always done instead of just being yourself, or you're like, I saw this in porn, so I'm going to make this noise like a porn star and you're not being yourself, like that's not going to be genuine either. People truly, when you, it's buzzword now, but it's true, authenticity. Authenticity means that you are being real and you're sharing an experience about your, you know, a commonality maybe that other people would would share mm-hmm. with you that what you love, your heart, your your what you think, what you believe in. That's how connections start. Mm-hmm. Not because you're fancy watch or car. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people can spot out a bullshitter more than they think yeah i think so i can usually tell if someone's you know just fucking feeding me stuff you know what i mean yeah same and, and i think a lot more people are more in tune with that like you can kind of tell like there's just this different feeling about a person when they're being genuinely like just cool in themselves and not throwing out all these things to be like look how cool i am exactly i totally and it's very much in la that's interesting like in la you see that when people are like in this business or I've got this deal or I've got this book or I've got this thing happening like to me I want everyone to be successful I do but I don't I'd rather hear about what excited you about it like when people are just dropping things mm-hmm. or I've got this agent I've got this manager I've got this writer like I just never even when I had the series show coming I was like I've got this show I'm like wait till you hear it like but here's what I love mm-hmm. doing at the end of the day I love having people with sex and relationships and and then people will you know if you've done something impressive in your life or you're a good person you know people are going to know they're going to see they're going to ask questions like it all happen if you're genuine if you're genuine and you know people mm-hmm. are gonna people are gonna connect with you i think these are like great tips for dating <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely for dating on a first date like you yeah. can always think of even if it's bad what could i learn from them let me just ask a lot of questions let me actually be honest about who i am mm-hmm. because i'm never going to 
maybe there's people who are different in this way, but to me, a guy and all of his accomplishments and what he's done is not, has never been the most attractive thing about him. I'm looking for like a real like chemistry attraction, but if they're just like listing things, I think the same goes for for everyone when you're mm-hmm. on a date. Like it's a practice being authentic and real. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get into your calls. I'm all about revolutionary sex toys. And yes, most of them are for women. But there are pleasure products out there with penises in mind. Ever since I met the founder of High Octopus a few years ago, I could tell by his excitement this was going to be huge. And he did it. I'm talking about the Pulse 3 and it's different than anything else I've ever seen. Picture this. It's kind of like a stroker, but it actually wraps around your penis from the bottom, leaving the top open. Kind of like a cradle for your penis. It's been nicknamed the vibrator, although it doesn't actually vibrate. It oscillates. So instead of buzzing, it's a rapid tapping pulse that stimulates the nerve endings around the frenulum. You know that really sensitive spot between the head and shaft on the underside of the penis? And I've been told it feels spectacular. The pulse plate creates a totally unique sensation that delivers super powerful orgasms. Plus, it wraps around so you feel it all over. The cool thing is you can use a pulse 3 with lube to stroke or without lube so you can just sit back, relax, no hands necessary. And it's rechargeable and totally waterproof. So cleanup is super easy, which I know is a big thing for you guys. Hot Octopus makes the Pulse 3 in two models, the Solo, which uses a single motor, and the Duo, which has a second motor on the outside so your partner can grind on and join the fun. I really think you guys are going to love it. I mean, I gave one to my boyfriend last week, and I haven't seen him since. He loves it. To check out the Hot Octopus Pulse 3, go to sexwithelmy.com slash pulse today. That's my site, sexwithelmy.com slash P-U-L-S-E. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109 Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com SXM. That's sexwithemily.com SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. This one is an interesting call. Uh, this is for her name. I love her name, by the way. Her name is Elite. Uh, she's 25 in California, and she's dating a married couple. Okay, let's Elite. Elite, yes. Tell me everything. Hi, it's Elise. Oh, Elise. Elise. So Hi, sorry. Elise. <laughs> um. Yeah. So she reached out to me um, over Fet and Fet Life. Um. Just for mm-hmm. our listeners at home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And. She like she's a sub and he's a dom and then I'm a sub and like basically my like like my question is what's the best way to like develop a relationship with them both individually but then also respect their relationship that's already established well honestly I think that this is a conversation that three of you have together so if you are just getting to know them what boundaries do they have set up in this relationship? What are the values? Like, are you over there certain nights a week? Are they cool if you go out with the guy alone? You know what I'm saying? So it's more like finding out more about what's going to work for all of you. 
because you don't want to piss anyone off. You don't want to be like, oh, well, I had a dinner with the husband to get to know him. And then she's like, we said you can't have individual meals. So it's really more about being authentic, I think, and saying, I really want this relationship to work. I've never done anything like this before, been like a third in a relationship. So, but I also, for me to feel, and I think what you're saying, Elise, is that for you to really feel like you're a part of it, you want to have some intimacy with both of them. You want to build the relationship so you know them both, right? Yeah, so her and I would, like, just be friends. Like, we wouldn't be intimate, and then him and I would be Oh, okay. Got it. So, I see. Okay, well, I think that then... So, who's in? So, he's the one who's sort of calling the shots? Or they both decided that you're coming in? So, this confused me. So, you're only having sex with him? Yeah. Okay, and not with her. Because she... Is she going to be watching? Is she going to be around? What's the what's their fantasy? Um, well, it's more of like a, the idea is more of like a sister wife kind of right thing sister wife. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So she's um, okay. I think you got to talk to her first. Yeah. And ask her what and she could probably tell you a lot about what her husband wants too. So I think that the whole thing about the sister wife is that you got you. She's really your go to. I'd say she's your boss in this situation. So, yeah, but then she's also a sub, so I'm not really sure how that plays into it as well. Because then he technically is the one that like has all the power. Well, I us. think, but that's sexually. I would think that in the there must be ways that she's a dom in the relationship. If she's the one who allowed this to happen, I would believe that maybe she's a dom in other ways. Although I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. You're going to have to talk to them about it. But I think either if you feel comfortable, who 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 initiated your um, contact first. Who's the one who you first talked to? He did? Okay. No, she did. She did. Yeah, I think she's the one. You know, check in. So you guys have open communication. Say, I'm not really sure who to talk to first, but I want for me to tell her what it's important to you. I would love to have this, you know, connection with you, make sure that we're all in the same boundaries and rules. And this is going to be the kind of thing I can tell you, Elise, that you're going to have to keep talking about like as this gets started. Because, you know, people can tell you one thing and then you might be there and they're acting totally different. So keep checking mm-hmm. in so you can start making the good first steps to build that healthy relationship. So how do you feel about this though? I have a question because there's a lot of you are listening going, what? Sister wife? I don't get it. Like it's not really that known of a concept. So can you kind of explain what, what your idea of what's going to be happening? Um, yeah, well, my motives behind it is I really like the way that it like puts me into the relationship. Like I have to go in very selfless and very mindful of them. And I like that. Like I like that I can still have my needs met but I'm also not a jealous person so there's nothing that like like a lot of there's a couple couples who like don't show PDA in front of each other but like we're not like that because I think that if he's a better husband to her then he was like a good partner for me as well does that make sense yeah yeah it does so are you going to be living with them um uh, kind of. He's in the, um, in the military, so it's a little bit harder depending on like where they're stationed, if they're off base or on base. Got it. Okay, well, it sounds like there's still some more information to find out, but I think that that, you know, let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear more about this, Elise, as it evolves, but just remember that you have to keep asking, even those things that you think you can't say or you can't ask. This is a really like having three people that in a relationship takes a lot more communication, so... I can't tell you specifically what okay. it is, but I can tell you to ask and figure it out together, the three of you. Don't guess. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you, Elise. Thanks for calling Sex with Emily. This is Laura, who's 28. She said she's been with her boyfriend for 13 years, and she can't seem to get in the mood. Hey, Laura. How can I help you? Thanks for calling. Hi, girls. Hey. Um, so yeah, you know, I've been with, uh, he was, a, I lost my virginity with him, to him, and, you know, we have three kids, but then it's just so hard for me to want to have sex with him, and I know it's not that hard, and I know you guys are talking about confidence and stuff like that, which I know it's something I need to work on, um, I don't have any confidence in myself, like in my appearance, and I know it probably affects it, but I just... I yeah. feel so bad for him. And then right. I, you know, I don't yeah. know what to do. No, okay, no, Laura, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Okay, so you guys have been together a long time and you have three kids. How old are yes. your kids? Yes. Young kids? Eight, three, and five months. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, of course you don't want to have sex right now and you're not feeling great about yourself. So just, you know. You, but it's, it's been going on for a well, while. Right. I feel like I put on some weight. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably like. 20, 30 pounds heavier. And it's just, you know, he tells me I'm beautiful all the time. You know, he's, a, you know, he's, I'm not, he's a, not perfect. Right, <laughs> he right. That. He makes me feel, you know, beautiful, but yet it's just, it's me. Like, yeah. I look at myself and I just don't like the, you know, yeah, no, I get it. It's confident. So it's not that, you know, there's the thing. Our partners can also affirm us and tell us we're beautiful all the time. But self-confidence is an inside job. We have to truly believe, you know, we have to learn to love ourselves. So there's a few things here, Laura. I mean, you've been busy. I mean, first of all, you've been with them for 13 years. So anybody who's been with somebody for 13 years can tell you that they're not, they don't want to have sex all the time. It's, it's really hard to keep it interesting because, you can't go back to how it was in the beginning when it was amazing and prioritizing your sex life. You're and like rabbit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we all like bemoan that time and we wish we could go back. So first of all, I got to ask, have you talked to your husband about any of this? Like that you kind of feel like you're not always, you know, he probably yeah. knows you're not in the mood, but have you talked yeah. about a plan? Not a plan. Like he knows and he kind of, and then when we are getting to it and like, you know, about the kids and I feel like I self sabotage self-sabotage, sorry, yeah. but um, like when we actually do have time, and it's like, I don't know why I do that, and it's just like, I don't ever want to have sex, and, yeah. and he always wants that. Right, of course, no, I get it. I so, so, so here's the thing, Laura, what sounds to me what's happened is you've been busy having kids, so you've got a lot of things here that are, chal- you know, that, that we're going to have to talk about is that go, first of all, um, please take the pressure off yourself and have some self, some compassion and love towards yourself knowing that 13 years with the same person, you're 28. Three kids, you know, young kids and a five-month-old. I mean, that's that's a lot to do. There's a lot of different things to unpack here. So just know that that wouldn't be easy for anybody. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing like, you know, you're not a bad person. You've been busy being a mom. So some things that could help, I think, are making sure that you... Um, that you still, the reason why you don't want to have sex right now is probably because you're exhausted. <laughs> Your body probably isn't clearly yeah. not back to how it was. You're five months in. But then also, um, you just, it's like we have to keep our pilot light lit, as I say. So there's probably party that just doesn't feel sexual at all. And that would mean that like masturbating and making that time to like feel sexy again. Because what happens is your, your husband wants sex because, you know, that's how men are. He sees you, he gets turned on, but you've just kind of been shut down. And so there's going to have to be some rebuilding of your 
confidence and your sexual confidence by like letting him know that either, you know, talks with him that you just, you haven't been feeling sexy and that you'd like to kind of get back to that place. So work on some intimacy and some touching with him without maybe taking intercourse off the table. Because for women, what turns us on a lot, like he comes and he wants sex. Of course, you're not ready for sex. You're exhausted, tired. You haven't wanted in a while. We need to get aroused and turned on. So like I think maybe bringing back some foreplay and intimate touch without the pressure of intercourse, like probably some of the things that turned you on in the beginning. And yeah, yeah. And then I also have this one thing. It's just like you know what I I I was molested as a girl. Um, okay. I was young, and then the thing is, I cannot touch my breast. You like, can touch your, even, like, your body. Shower, and I just have oh. this. Yes, like I have this nasty gut feeling, and that's oh, one of gut. the things as well. Like I don't, he can't touch my breasts because oh, it your just, breasts. Huh. Okay. Yes, so you've I, had trauma. I just have a deep gut feeling. Oh wow. Okay. So have you ever had therapy? You know what? I actually had my first. Um, what is it? Hypnotherapy. Mm. Hypnotherapy yesterday. Okay. Um, but what was the goal of it? Um, yeah. Is it a regular the therapist that does? Like, are you going there for a specific purpose? Are you trying to change, quit something, or change something it's, with it? No, no. It's self-confidence and um I'm, I'm i'm like when i can't be near like a man i just get like i don't Right. Okay. Well, this, what I think would be helpful for you, Laura, is a kind of therapy called EMDR. I don't really know about hypnotherapy. I guess I, I know some people think it could work maybe for quitting smoking and stuff. I like the track you're going on, but EMDR is eye movement, um, desensitization reprocessing and it's a really it's a it's a trauma therapy that works so well for mm-hmm. people with sexual trauma and essentially you go in and you talk about the trauma but they do this thing called reprocessing and you hold these little buzzers in each hand and they talk you through the trauma and you learn to you essentially rewire your brain because trauma is it's really yeah and it's um i would try to find someone near you that that does this kind of therapy because it works wonders for people with trauma and you have to be in this therapy the good news is this therapy works a lot faster than talk therapy but I think it's it's clearly this is what's going on among the other things of long-term relationship and not feeling sexual. But it sounds like you may have never felt that sexual or turned on since you've had trauma. And so I think that going to this, I mean, I love that you're already in therapy. So let's maybe try to mix up the therapy that you're doing and see if this could help you. Because trauma is real. Okay. Yeah. So that might also help you. And it works pretty quickly, like a few months time of really sticking to it. Yeah. Because I'm sure that has to do with a lot of this. So let's start there, okay? Okay. EMDR. Yeah. All right, Laura. Yeah, thanks. I I wrote that down. Yeah, and we can put a link. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. We're giving, thank you for calling, Laura. And keep me posted. Get into this therapy. We can put a link in the show notes. I think there's like a main, EM, if you Google it, like an EMDR site we could put in the show notes that has like EMDR practitioners near mm-hmm. you. And it's been around for a long time now, EMDR. I mean, maybe about 20 years, but I'd say in the last 10 to 15 it's been oh it's emdr.com um i think it's become like a lot of people are saying not just myself that it it works wonders because if you are dealing with sexual trauma no matter how old you are and you know this trauma happened 
it is having an impact on your sex life right now. And it's because our body has attached, our brains have attached to the trauma and it's really hard to have a healthy sex life and it helps you release it. And, you know, there is some talk in it for sure and talking it through. Unfortunately, it's not the kind of thing we can figure out ourselves. As much as we try to repress the memories and things that have happened to us with trauma, it's a very specific animal that we just kind of got to rewire so we can have healthy sex and relationships. Okay, we have Adam, who's 28 in New York, and he wants to know how to deal with FOMO in his relationship. Hey, Adam, thanks for calling. FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm good. How are you? Okay, so what are you missing out on? Honestly, I was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 25. I should probably say I'm bisexual, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it came from that, just hiding my sexuality and everything. Okay. And this is my first serious relationship with a guy, and I just don't really feel like I got much of a chance to explore my sexuality completely before this. Okay. We are, we are monogamous. Oh, you're and monogamous. Okay. Yeah, and he's, we've talked about, like, in a threesome with a guy, because he's gay and doesn't want anything to do with girls, unfortunately. But okay. uh, I just don't really know. Uh, we're getting ready to move cross-country, and I, he shuts down a lot when we have, like, hard cop conversations. So That's really tough. So are you yeah, sure? How long have you been with this guy, Adam? Uh, two years. Okay. And you're certain you want to move cross-country with him right now? Yeah, I, that's, I mean, I, we both, he needs to move for his job, and I just kind of want to move in general. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I get that. And I get wanting to move. I just want to make sure that if you guys are I having, feel, yeah, hard, yeah, okay, cool. The, guilt, the guilt's coming from the move, you know, potentially. Um, have you tried to, like, we were, you say the guilt is coming from the move? Uh, just oh. moving and not letting him know how I feel. Yeah, I think it's really important to let him know right away how you feel. And tell him, you can, and that's how you do it, you know, in a really loving way. And just say, you know, I'm trying to, I know it's not easy to talk about these things, but it's really important that we learn to break through these hard conversations. And I see that, you know, my experience of you is that you shut down. And that's really hard for me because I'm, I'm trying to feel safe with you and have to have these conversations because I know that's how we're going to continue to have a really healthy relationship. And I'm just, you know, what I would need from you is and you could kind of fill that in, like let him know what it looks like to not shut down. You know what I mean? So he might not even get what that means because he's probably been shutting down his whole life. Maybe his parents were shut down. That's typically how we learn. And so maybe letting him know what what you need. Like as far as words or you know does that does that make sense yeah yeah okay any tips on like how to deal with uh like being bisexual enough no i don't know like how do you get that part of your sexuality out well that's the thing the other partner yeah Yeah, i mean you have to you know adam this seems really important to me because when you started out saying that you're a late bloomer you didn't have sex when you're 25 and so you really only had a year so you had a year because not you, even not yeah. even a year and you got locked up I got up. with him like pretty much three months after I started having sex okay so then how do you even know you're bisexual like you have have you been with women yeah okay so I think this is a super not very often right it's only been a few times okay so I, I mean Adam just know that you're totally like you absolutely should be able to to have this conversation with him because I don't want you to, if you're already having the FOMO right now that you're missing out then honor that like you, you 
trust what your body is telling you. Trust what your mind is telling you that you're going to need some more experience. Like, does he know that you're bisexual? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and the fact that you're monogamous, then there's got to be some kind of way that you can still be experiments. So maybe being monogamous is not what you're going to need right now. And so this is going to be a series of conversations that you're going to have with him. So I would just start by saying that it's really hard for me when you shut down. This is how I experience it. And then continue to, when do you guys move? Uh, whenever Trump decides to stop being a little, uh, <laughs> okay. waiting at my house to close. Oh, the buyers got yeah. it. Okay. Well, Adam, I would just, I would try to, I know, I I would try to have these conversations, you know, tonight when he comes home. Like, I I think that you know this too, because it sounds like you just have this yearning and you start out saying it's FOMO. Like, I want you to have that too, because you, you know, you started late in your words. And so, yeah. And see if he's, how he reacts to that, because, you know, maybe he's had more experience and he thinks you're the one and he's ready to be monogamous. But sometimes we go along with that because it feels really yeah and it feels good to be wanted and needed and you jumped into monogamy which i understand but maybe that's not serving you right now and so maybe there's also a way to open it up it sounds like it's not and i want you to get what you need in this relationship as well and that takes practice it starts with conversation okay adam you're right you're right here you're absolutely right to be wanting to have this conversation it sounds really healthy and i love that you know what you need Thank you. Okay, you're so welcome, Adam. Thanks for calling. Let me know how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean that's got to be a difficult situation. Yeah, when you do have you know your your bisexuality and you start late, and it'd be different if he had all of his experiences and he just was like, oh, I'm just with a man right now, and that's cool. But just but like he not, hasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just it's it, yeah. That's I was like, uh, did you already move? You know, I'm not going to tell anyone right away. You should break up with someone. You shouldn't do this or that. I don't do that as, on the show unless mm-hmm. it's like a really serious abuse. So I wanted to hear where he was at. But I'm also saying that we often it's a very common to like mm-hmm. kind of just want to be loved and be with someone monogamously. But if you know in your heart that you're having this craving, you're 28 years old, or mm-hmm. you gotta, you know, you gotta go figure out your that's how you figure out what you like in bed what you're into is by having exploratory sex so if you say you were were in adam's situation right now and you are bisexual and the person that you're with like is only attracted to one sex and then you decide that you want to try to open it up would you then also like i guess it would be a case-by-case basis like have to because like then you're also still seeing other people besides your partner. So then would your partner, even though they're not bisexual and they're just going after one sex, would you allow them to see people as yeah, well? Case by case basis. We have to see what his partner wants to do. You know, like maybe, yeah, maybe I guess you would have to, right? I mean, if your partner doesn't really matter on the gender of the person, if you both decide to see other people, I guess his boyfriend could see other men. Mm-hmm. And he said he offered up a threesome, but it sounds like maybe he's more curious about the, the woman, the woman aspect, part of it yeah. yeah which i totally understand if he's and he said he came out at 25 and then locked this down right after two years you know right mm-hmm. away so yeah i think he knows his answer you know you got to keep exploring i think thanks everyone for listening i hope you enjoy the show thanks to my amazing team ken samantha julia michelle producer jamie and michael was it good for you email me feedback at sexwithemily.com 